Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and I'm feeling a little low energy today. I'm not going to lie. I'm, uh, I am tired. A lot of early mornings lately. I'll, it's the busy week that I was talking about of mental doing a lot of sessions with players, a lot of mental coaching sessions proved to be true and proved to be taxing. I have done a lot of talking this week, but it's very, very, very fulfilling. I love working with players and I haven't I haven't got tired of it yet. That's good because I've only been doing it for about two years now. But wow, actually, two years, that's not that short of a time. Um, I, I, I'm... I'm impressed with that, that I've stuck with it. I don't know. Grand scheme of things, it's it's short, but I'm not tired of it yet. I really, really enjoy helping players, talking with players, talking through areas of improvement with players, um, celebrating their successes with them. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a fulfilling couple of years, and it's been a very fulfilling week. And I'm already starting to plan next week's sessions and it looks like it's going to be a full at least few days next week uh, which is awesome and today I'm actually going to play golf with a player uh, which is rare I don't usually get to play with players usually it's more of a a conversation on the phone a FaceTime session uh, or just hanging out on the range or maybe just walking four or five holes to to kind of spend our hour but today I'm actually going to walk 18 holes, if not just nine, but probably 18 holes, um, which that's always fun. Everyone wants to play golf and also get to help the players they're playing with at the same time. Usually it's a very selfish, uh, selfish thing. And I'm going to make it selfish. I like golf. I'm going to take stats. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to beat my own player. Uh, yeah, I wonder if I should do that. I, there's some pressure in it to play good with the with a player that you're coaching, uh, to not look like you're clueless. Uh, but you know what? I'm a mental coach, so I don't I don't succumb to that kind of pressure. I focus on what I can control, which is I'm going to play my game, and if my game's lousy, then that that's just the uncontrollables of golf. Uh, I haven't been practicing that much, so. It's like I go into it with the expectations that I'm just going to play. I'm just going to commit to my targets. I'm going to trust in what ability that I know that I have and let it rip. And the rest is history. So anyway, you didn't come to hear about my round of golf today, or maybe you did. Maybe you want to hear more of about my own golf game. And if you do, email me, joshlukenichols at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into it. I want to talk about quality practice today. Um, most people think if I just spend a lot of time out there, it's it's uh, better than less time out there. It Quantity is how most people measure their practice. Like, I got to hit three buckets of balls this week, or I got to spend two hours on the putting green this week, or I got to play three rounds of golf this week. And those are all quantity, quantitative measures of practice or time spent. And what I'm going to argue for today is it's not just about quantity. 
But it's also not just about quality. It's uh, ideally it's about a high quantity of quality. But quality being the baseline, quality being the more important of the two. And yes, the best players in the world spend a lot of time practicing. I mean, there's no seek, there's no. Uh, denying the amount of time that a pro golfer gets to spend uh, on their game. I mean, it's their job, so yes, they both get to spend a lot of time on their game, but they also have to. It's their job. But what we usually don't account for is the quality of their high quantity of practice. We, we don't... We assume that they spend a lot of time, and I probably strong... A uh, good assumption that their uh, quantity of practice is high. But what we don't assume for is the actual quality of their practice because we don't know how they're spending their time. We just assume that they're spending a lot of it. And comparing yourself to the schedule of a pro golfer or even a high-level amateur is going to be discouraging, especially for someone who doesn't have a lot of time to spend practicing. I know I, I could spend more time practicing, I, I do have the time to be able to do it, but I I kind of choose not to now because there's priorities in my life that have taken place of spending all that time. So even with myself, with the schedule that I've created, it could be really discouraging comparing myself to high-level amateur golfers, junior golfers who get to spend a lot of time practicing, especially professional golfers who get to spend a lot of time practicing, That could be really discouraging. But as I always say, and what I have to tell myself, is you need to focus on the controllables and let go of the uncontrollables. So what can you not control in this situation? You can't necessarily control how much time you have. I mean, you could probably scale away from some other, you know, leisure activities like television, spending time on your phone, uh, video games, uh, I mean, even reading, walking, you know, taking walks, uh, going to the park with your dog. I mean, you could scale away from these other uh, discretionary ways of spending your time. So, but but as a whole, you can't necessarily control how much time you have. You either have school that is taking your time, you have... Uh, your job that's taking your time, which takes a lot of time. Obviously, you have sleep that you need to do. You have chores around the house. You have responsibilities. You have errands to run. These things are set, and you can't necessarily control them. You can uh, you you can scale away from certain things, but you can't necessarily control them. But what can you control? What do you have control over? is how you spend the time that you do have. You you can spend, you can be more efficient with your time. You can, um, you can sliver off times here and there of things and make more time for other things. So, so I guess the moral of that story is you should come to peace with the amount of time that you currently have. Because a lot of it is set. You can't necessarily control how much time you have. But you need to get to work planning your 
available time to be as high quality as possible. That's your job. That's what you can control is planning how your available time gets spent and how how your preset non-negotiable time gets spent. Those are important to spend high quality also, but your quote-unquote free time that you have, the time that you dedicate to golf, you can control how high of quality that time is. So what does high-quality practice look like? How, how can you plan that available golf time to be as high-quality as possible? So high-quality practice accomplishes three things, at least three things. This is not, I mean, these are just three things that I kind of came up with that high-quality practice accomplishes. Number one, high-quality practice makes you better. It increases your skill level at the thing that you're practicing. Number two, high-quality practice is holistic. High-quality practice uh, tackles your skill levels from more than just one angle. It, it attacks your golf game as, as a whole, as a, as a holistic approach. And number three, high-quality practice translates to the golf course because ultimately, what are you practicing for? Are you just practicing to get better at hitting your driver or are you practicing so that you can hit better drives on the golf course and ultimately shoot lower scores? So high quality practice translates to the golf course. And you could say the opposite. Low quality practice does not make you better. Low quality practice is kind of one dimensional. It's not holistic. And low quality practice doesn't translate to the golf course. So you can see how how high quality practice does these things and low quality practice doesn't. So how can you make your practice cover these three points of high quality? You need to design your time properly. You should, you should start with the most important parts of the game to improve. So you should kind of like throw your current schedule out the window and kind of design your practice from the ground up. You should say, okay, what are the important parts of the game to improve by priority? And that's what I'm that's how I'm gonna spend my time. So my mentor and instructor, Robert Limville, he he owns and runs Precision Golf School over in Greensboro, North Carolina. He's been working with professionals, high-level amateurs, and pretty much all other skill level of players for over 30 years. And over the recent years, he's he's really dove into the world of tracking stats, tracking improvement, um, not just playing stats, but practicing stats. He has his players do practices and track and measure that practice so he can measure the improvement, not just in play, but in practice. And he's been doing this uh, definitely over the recent years, you know, five five-ish years. I'm not actually sure how long he's done it. I did a podcast with him uh, a while back this year, and I think he talked about how long he's been doing this specific track stat tracking. So go listen to that. Um, he's awesome too. He's he's one of the smartest golf people I know easily. Um, so that was a good interview with him. But uh, according to what he found, the breakdown of practice should look like this. So follow me on these numbers. Your putting 
should take about 37% of your practice time. So 37% of your practice time should be dedicated to putting. Approach should hold about 30% of your practice time. 30% of your practice time should be spent to approach. So already we've got 67% of your practice time. That's two-thirds of your practice time spent with putting and approach. Your short game should have about 21% of your practice time. Your driving is 9%, so relatively small. And your sand game, 3%. And that's not just thrown in with short game because sand game is kind of different and it's a lot lower priority because really, on average, you're, you're kind of in one bunker around. Um, and these, these aren't just raw percentages of how often you hit these certain types of shots because if you did the math on 30 putts, in a round where you shoot a 70, that's like 42%. So putting isn't automatically the exact percentage of your uh, score. It's not like, well, you hit 30 putts uh, around and you shoot whatever, so it should be 30%, 37%. It's not necessarily that. It, But what it is is based on the types of shots that can help you gain the most strokes. So it's based on strokes gained. And when you when you hit good putts, when you when you make a 15-footer, it gains more shots than than other certain types of the game. So that breakdown is is based on how what what parts of the game give the most value, contribute the most to a good score. And this is, of course, a general rule based on what most players' priorities should be. But as far as breaking up practice by importance, this is a great starting point, especially considering how much, like how most players probably, uh, how their schedules look usually. And I, I would imagine most players, the approach and driving percentages are way, way, way higher than everything else. I mean, driving is probably 20 to 25% of your practice as of now. I mean, you you watch players at a driving range, it's almost all drivers. Uh, so breaking your game, breaking your practice down into these percentages is a great starting point to make your practice higher quality. So what do you do with these percentages? Yeah, this is good to know. Great, great information, Josh. But what do I do with that? So you take those percentages, you take your total amount of practice time in a typical week, and you dedicate those percentages of time to those categories. So let's say you had 10 hours of, of practice time in a week. So how would you use those percentages to, to divvy up your 10 hours? And 10 hours is pretty pretty common. That's one hour a day for the five weekdays. And then uh, one and a half hours on the weekend. So 10 hours might even be kind of small, but maybe you only have 30 minutes to get out and practice during the week and you've got plenty of time on the weekend. So let's just say 10 hours. So you you look at your your week of 10 hours and you say, okay, what's 30, 37% of that time? And 
I did the math. It's three hours, 43 minutes spent on putting. And, you know, that sounds like a massive chunk all at once. So you should break that up. Uh, I guess three and a half hours-ish is like 30 minutes a day uh, for seven days. Am I doing that math right? Anyway, I'm going to get wrong real quick doing too much math. I'm not a math person. But I'm pretty sure 37% of 10 hours is 3 hours, 43 minutes. So you have to spread that 3 hours, 43 minutes across your whole week to work on putting. And approach 30, 30% should be about 3 hours uh, total of your whole week of practice spent on approach. 3 hours. So right now we've got 6 hours and 43 minutes of our 10 hours already taken up by putting and approach. Short game 21% should be about 2 hours. And driving of 9%, that should be about 1 hour. And sand of 3%, that's like 18 minutes. You should spend you should give one part, one small chunk of one day to be hitting some bunker shots. Uh, unless unless you're really struggling out of the sand, sand should really only take 3% of your whole time. So it's, it's relatively small. Uh, so that's a great way to, to start organizing your week to, from, from being a little more haphazard to, to going to more high, higher quality, more intentional practice. And that's, that's kind of the, the theme of this podcast of, of the all the episodes that I do is shifting away from trying to control the uncontrollables to to letting go of the uncontrollables and focusing on what can I control what can I do more intentionally what can I be more thoughtful about to make it a higher quality so there are further ways to break this practice time up to really ramp up the quality of breaking it down within those 37%, 30%, breaking that down even further. But I want to discuss that another time. Uh, for now, I think you should start here. So in the last two episodes, I've given you some homework to do out on the course. This is some, this is some homework for changing your practice time. So if you're hearing this episode on Thursday as I'm recording it, maybe start designing your next week. So look at the weather, look at how much time you're going to have and and say, okay, I'm going to have seven hours next week to practice, or I'm going to have three hours to practice next week, or I'm going to have 30 minutes to practice next week. And in that case, you should just spend the 30 minutes on the most important thing. And in this case, it's putting, but, uh, or, or spend that 30 minutes on the thing that you think needs most work, but it, take your practice time and break it down intentionally. Don't just go out there and try to hit as many balls as possible because, oh, I've only got an hour today. I need to hit. I just I haven't hit range balls in a long time. I just need to hit range balls. Break your time up. I mean, spend your hour. Break it out. Break it down in this way. Go go at your game in a holistic way, and and go at your game to where it can translate to the golf course. It's. It's going to be able to translate to the golf course better if you're practicing all all parts of your game that you use on the golf course. So start here. Quality practice needs to be the baseline. Quality needs to be the given. It 
your practice needs to be quality. Your practice needs to be high quality. Otherwise, you're just whacking at the tree with the handle of the axe. If you remember from a previous uh, episode, I, I discussed how quality practice is, or I should say accomplishing your goals is like chopping down a tree with an axe. It, it's not fast. It's a huge thing to do. It's a huge undertaking. You don't know how long it's going to take. And the, the higher quality your chops are, the quicker it will come down. So uh, your job is to make your chops as high quality and as precise as possible. And that is high quality practice. Low quality practice is like turning the axe around and whacking at the tree with the handle. You're gonna, it's going to be all effort and no, no progress. And it will never, your, your goal will never happen. The tree will never come down. So make the adjustment and spend your time better. Make, make your chops at that goal tree as high quality as possible. And this is a great place to start. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you rated it and reviewed it on Apple Podcasts. That's the way for most people to discover it. And if you have any feedback or if you want to hear me interview some people and you have some ideas of who you'd like to be interviewed, reach out to me. My email is joshlukenichols at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who has emailed me in the past. It means a lot to me that you would take your time and reach out to me and tell me your thoughts. Uh, It really does mean a lot. Um, You can also follow me to kind of find out when the podcast is available. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Josh Luke Nichols, both of them. And then Facebook, I'm Josh Nichols Golf. It's my page there. Uh, Yeah, so I've got to get going. I've got a, a phone session with a player starting here in just a few minutes. But it has been good talking about quality practice with you today and hopefully I will catch you guys tomorrow.